welcome to the Thankful Homemaker Podcast, a podcast to be an encouragement and blessing to each other in the role God has called us to as women. I'm so thankful you stopped by, so grab yourself a coffee or tea and sit with me a bit as we talk about how God's Word impacts every area of our lives as Christian women. Hello, friend. I'm Marcy Farrell from ThankfulHomemaker.com, and I'm so glad to be with you today. We are talking about one of my favorite topics, being keepers of our homes. This is a message that I gave at the Open Hearts and a Closed World Conference earlier this year, and I'll link to the conference in the show notes, but it's one that I wanted to make sure that I shared with you, with my listener too, because it's one of the things I love to do here at Thankful Homemaker is to continue to help us grow and foster a love and contentment for the work that we do in our homes and in serving our families. So in our time together today, we're going to work through Titus 2.5 and talk about what it means to be workers at home. So this episode is titled Being Keepers of Our Homes, and it's definitely not a popular term in today's culture. As women and wives and mothers and homemakers in whatever season we find ourselves in, God's Word tells us that we are to be keepers of our homes, and the care of our homes and families is to be a priority. So if you're a regular listener here with me, much of what I'm sharing may be truths that you've heard me share many times before, but I know if you out there are like me, we can be a bit forgetful and we can get caught up in wrong thinking about our role as workers at home, or as I like to call it, homemakers. So I pray that you'll stick with me and that our time together will encourage and edify you as it did me as I I worked through this message. So we live in a world that doesn't always seem to value the work we do in our homes as women, wives, and mothers. So my hope in our time together is to remind you one thing, and if you forget everything else that I talked about in this podcast episode today, remember this that the work you do in your home matters to the Lord. I want us to grasp the truth that the Lord is working out His purposes in the midst of our everyday lives. Our good God is always at work behind the scenes, and what we may see as ordinary or mundane or routine, the Lord is using to sanctify us or to grow us more and more into the likeness of Christ. So I want to begin our time together in the little book of Titus, and specifically in those verses that we know so well as women in Titus 2, 3 through 5. This is going to set the theme of our time together as what it means to be busy at home or workers at home or keepers of our homes or however your translation states it that you're looking at and why we are to be workers at home. If you can open your Bibles there with me and we're going to be reading, actually I am, I should say, I'm sharing here today from the ESV version. So Titus 2.3 starts with, um, older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. So we're to be keepers of our homes. And the reality is their home is really our primary place of ministry. It's where we spend the most of our time. So let me just walk quickly through an overview of the book of Titus. So we have a better understanding of why I said home is our primary place of ministry. 
And I do want to encourage you to take time to study this book on your own too. It's going to give you a better understanding of the passage we're about to talk about here in Titus 2. Context is key always. We can never forget that. So there's two areas I know that if you're a regular regular listener to me here at the podcast that we can all agree on before I move forward. First, God is our source of truth and our reference point for all of life. And second, glorifying God in all we do is and should be the desire of our hearts as Christian women. So Titus is a longtime friend of Paul who served with Paul on his second and third missionary journeys. And Paul is writing a letter to Titus in response to a letter he received from Titus sharing on what is happening in Crete. So Titus is a young pastor, and he's dealing with opposition from ungodly men in these newly formed churches. And Paul is laying out in this letter to Titus how these believers are to conduct themselves in this pagan society that's probably all too eager to find fault and criticize this new religion of Christianity. So in Titus chapter 1, Paul lays out the qualifications of church leaders. And in chapter 2, which we're talking through here, he's addressing the conduct of church members. Paul is instructing Titus to teach the whole counsel of God to these Christians, to men and women, all different age groups and slaves. So their lives show a pattern of good works, and they are an example to the unbelieving world around them. This passage in Titus 2, 3 through 5 lays out for us how the church, or specifically in these verses as women in the church, is to go about equipping one another in godly living so we can live as effective witnesses for Christ. And one of the ways that we adorn the gospel, as it states there in Titus 2, 10, or make beautiful is another way to say adorn, right? Is by the care and keeping of our homes. We have been given the responsibility as Christian women to the care and management of our homes. It doesn't mean you don't work outside the home or ever leave your home, but what is stated here is this is the primary place as women where our ministry will take place. Workers at home is the Greek word oikorgos, and it comes from oikos, which means home, and ergo, which means to work. So simply, it's one who is devoted to home duties or preoccupied with domestic affairs, or as we like to say, a homemaker. The phrase here in the Greek literally reads, younger women should be taught to be home workers. The idea that this text is pointing to is that the woman is caring for the home. She's a good manager of the affairs of her household. Being a worker at home is her ministry. She's desiring to provide a warm, inviting, comfortable home atmosphere for her family. She's working hard to provide a home that points her family to Christ. We can tend to hear worker at home And we just think the physical chores. We just think things, right? Like cooking and cleaning and laundry. But being a worker at home, my friend, includes all those things. And it includes working hard at training up our children in the ways of the Lord, to know their hearts and to model Christ to them, and to serve our husbands and to model Christ to them. It's where we show hospitality to those inside and outside the church with the hope of pointing them to Christ. So if we are Christian women, wives, mothers, then home is our primary place of ministry where we're called to serve and should be the main focus of our attention. Even if we have outside employment responsibilities, 
we are still given this responsibility to adorn or make beautiful the gospel by the care and management of our homes. This is not a very politically correct statement, and especially in the culture we find ourselves in today. In Titus chapter 2, the Apostle Paul is examining each member of the household. He starts off Titus chapter 2, verse 1, stating, But as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Teaching sound doctrine is going to help the older women in the church to avoid false teaching, legalism, liberalism. It's going to show the path of what it looks like to live out our faith in all areas of our lives. It's going to help the older women, as it states in Ephesians 4.14, from being tossed to and fro by the ways and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes, so that they can teach the younger women what is necessary to bring about the two areas we stated at the beginning, right? One, a life lived out with God's word or his truth being our reference point, and two, a life being lived out to his glory. Our verse we're going to work through today in Titus 2.5 on being workers in our homes is sandwiched between Titus 2.1, teaching sound doctrine, and the end of Titus 2.5 where Paul is commanding, and I want to say this, just a quick note here. These are not just things Paul came up with, but they are divinely inspired words from God. I'm quoting there. I'm thinking 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. So this is where Paul is commanding there in Titus 2, 5, the older women to teach the younger women these virtues so that the word of God may not be reviled. So I need us to be mindful that having sound doctrine, living out the principles laid out for us in Titus 2 isn't something we need to take lightly, but we need to be reminded that the honor of God's word is at stake. When God's word is maligned, God himself is maligned. Our behavior can determine how someone else may honor or malign God's name. This is not about us, but it's about God being honored, honored in our homes and in our families. God has laid out in his word a way of discipleship, the older women teaching the younger women. It doesn't just happen by osmosis, but by the work of the spirit in the life of a believer and being faithfully shown the way by those who have gone before us. The world doesn't see the value of a woman being a homemaker. It seems much more important to be in the workforce where your skills are earning a paycheck and you're getting accolades for what you've accomplished. But God lays out for us here in the book of Titus the importance of living Christianly in a society that doesn't always see the importance of the care of our homes and families. So before I dig in here a little further, I do want to address some misconceptions about being a worker at home, okay? Let's work through what it doesn't mean. I want to get this off your mind. We're all in various seasons of life and various life circumstances, and this text is not saying, thou shall not work outside the home. That's not what it's saying, okay? The point here is not that a woman's place is in the home, but her responsibility is for the home. This does not mean that a woman can't have employment outside the home. It does not mean she never leaves her home. It does not mean her only ministry is to those inside her household. I'm not thinking the Apostle Paul when he wrote Titus. Um, was thinking about career women when he wrote this text, but it's where our modern minds tend to go 
Um, but him emphasizing as the Greek text reads literally for younger women to be home workers. And if we look at it in Titus 2, if we look at it in light of the verses there right before Titus 2, 5, like up above there in Titus 2, 3 through 4, where it talks about that the older women would be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossips, nor enslaved to much wine, teaching what is good. And they are to encourage the younger women to love their husbands and children to be sensible, pure. And then our verse today is covering working at home. So it seems to bring his emphasis, not so much on the location of the wife's work, but prioritizing what the responsibilities of a wife and mother are day to day. So even if I had to take a breath there, shoo. So even if it's not this command to stay home, when we look at it in context, it's clear that the Apostle Paul is laying out for us that even if a woman works outside the home, whether it's in a job or ministry or whatever might take her away from her responsibilities at home, still her top priority must be the welfare of her family and home. This has to be above any fulfillment she may find outside the home. I'm going to read a John MacArthur quote on this because it's one of my favorites. He just states it so clearly. He says, the home is where a woman provides the expressions of love for her husband and children. The home is where she leads and guides and teaches and raises the godly generation. The home is where she is protected and secured from other men and potentially wicked relationships and abuses. The home is where she lodges strangers, washes saints' feet, shows hospitality, and devotes herself to every good work. That's her sphere. And whatever of that home and whatever of the goodness of her life she can take outside and not sacrifice the home is between her and the Lord and her husband. End quote there. This statement flows beautifully with the next part of Titus 2.5 where the Apostle Paul is going to urge the young women are not only to be busy at home, but to be kind. A kind heart will have compassion and care for others and not get caught up in the world's thinking that being a keeper of your home is wasting your life, but it will encourage the younger women to have a love for their homes. And that begins with love for God first and foremost, and then that carries over into the home. Jerry Bridges said, apart from God's grace, apart, I'm going to start that again. Jerry Bridges said, apart from God's grace, most of us naturally tend to be concerned about our responsibilities, our problems, our plans. But the person who has grown in the grace of kindness has expanded his thinking outside himself and his interests and has developed a genuine interest in the happiness and the well-being of those around him, end quote there. So she's going to have the heart of a servant and much compassion on and for the needs of her husband and children. And she's not going to get caught up in the world's way of not seeing the value in the care of her home. So the thought I want to leave us with as we looked at some of the misconceptions here of what it means to be a worker at home is that final sentence from Dr. MacArthur reminding us that home is our sphere where he said, whatever of that home and whatever of the goodness of her life she can take outside and not sacrifice the home is between her and the Lord and her husband, end quote there. So why does the work that we do in our homes matter? It matters because our work in our homes and in the care of our families is one of God's ways of working out his purposes in our lives to mold us more into the image of his son. We rarely take the time to consider how our works in our homes matters, and we can struggle to discover purpose amid what seem to be mundane tasks that we handle day after day. I'm raising my hand here with you. I get it. 
It's hard to radiate joy in a thankful heart when the sink is overflowing with dishes, you're up all night with a sick child, and the clothes in the laundry room are resembling Mount Everest. We spend most of our days cleaning, cooking, and tending to the needs of others. This is true, whether you work full-time in your home or part-time or full-time outside your home. We drop into bed exhausted, only to wake up and do it all again tomorrow. As a homemaker, our accomplishments can go unrecognized to our families and the world around us, and most likely we're not going to get nominated for the Homemaker of the Year Award. And yes, there is such a thing. Just Google it. So as a Christian homemaker, you think that my thoughts, right? I'm here. I'm thankful homemaker, right? You would think my thoughts and reactions to daily life would naturally have a heavenly perspective, but they don't. I spend many of my days self-focused, not thinking on eternal things, but grumbling about the here and now. And I can get caught up in the moment and I don't have my eyes steadfast on the eternal. My joy is lost the moment my focus becomes inward and not upward. Being heavenly minded doesn't take away the reality that we're given tasks to take care of on this earth. We have responsibilities God has given us, but having an eternal perspective, that heavenly mindset. I'm thinking there Colossians 3, 1 through 4. We're memorizing that now in the Homemaking Matters membership community. So it's on my mind. Um, And we just talk through this so often. But when we have that heavenly mindset, it's going to guide our earthly responses and our attitudes to the circumstances and relationships that the Lord puts in our paths. Romans 8, 28 reminds us that God is working all things out for good to those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. And the all here, it means all. In our calling as workers at home, it means all of the days that didn't go as planned, all of the disobedient children, all of the tasks on a growing to-do list, and many other unexpected issues that arise in our days. God's work in us is a mark of his great love for us. He doesn't leave us where he found us, but he continues to grow us in holiness. We have things in our home to accomplish each day that are appointed and given to us by the Lord. God is more concerned about what's going on in our hearts than with the actual work. And don't misunderstand me when I'm saying that. The work he's given us is important, and we need to be diligent in carrying it out. Ephesians 2.10 comes to mind here, but it's in the unseen place of our souls where the Lord is carrying out the biggest work in us. It's in our hearts. 1 Samuel 16.7 says, For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. The Lord is redeeming our character, my friend, as we go about our daily tasks. Romans 5.3-4 states, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that our suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. I'm so thankful that he doesn't leave us where we are, but continues to change us and mold us more and more into the likeness of Jesus. We are growing in spiritual maturity when we can recognize God's hand in every task or trial or tribulation, and when we can rejoice and praise him amid them. I want us to capture the reality of God's hand in every aspect of our lives as workers at home. There's purpose, ladies, being worked out in our normal day-to-day life. God is always at work behind the scenes. It's in the unseen work our God is doing that I want us to remember when those days are hard and long and seem meaningless. 
What we see as routine, the Lord sees as his hand molding us more and more into Jesus. There's no separation in God's word between the secular and the sacred. If we're in Christ, everything is sacred, including cooking, running errands, cleaning, and wiping running noses. I've been a full-time homemaker for most of my marriage years. You would assume that after 35 years going on almost 36 that I would have figured out how to bring honor and glory to God in all things, but I'm still a learner, which is always what you get here on my podcast and blog, what the Lord continues to teach me. Many days, you may find my heart grumbling over my household chores or plans that didn't go my way or difficult relationships in my life. And then there are those days where there's glimpses of his grace that are evident when I find myself being intentional and joy-filled and praying for my family while folding laundry and giving thanks to him in hard trials, knowing that through them, he's changing me more and more into his likeness and in my dependence on him. In those moments, his grace has opened my eyes to see that my homemaking, it does matter. It matters not just to meet the needs of my family, that is an essential aspect of my calling, but it is making a difference in my spiritual growth as a Christian woman. Daily time with him in the word and prayer is going to continue to teach us more of who God is and in light of that, what he requires of us. We need to be students of the word and not just read, pray, and memorize and meditate on it and sit under good, solid, exegetical preaching each week. Those are good and those are essential aspects of our walk with the Lord. But my friend, we need to study God's word for ourselves. We need to dig in and to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord. There is much work we do that will take place outside our homes, but my focus with you today is where we find our primary ministry as homemakers in our homes and with our families. Again, this reminder, God's higher purposes are being worked out in our seemingly ordinary days. So as we look at Titus again and how the Apostle Paul is laying out instructions on how the church is to conduct itself, he's given instructions from the Lord in this chapter to to older men, older women, younger women, younger men. So he's pretty well hitting everyone here. So These instructions help us to live together as a body of believers in obedience to the Lord and in unity with one another in the church and in our homes. And in addition, they give us a beautiful witness to those outside the body of Christ when we are living this out as God's word lays out for us. So it's impactful in our homes and churches, but life's lived out in obedience to God's word. It is a beautiful witness to the lost world. Let's look at a few verses in Titus together that address our witness to a watching world. So in verse 5 of chapter 2 in Titus, the Apostle Paul tells us that the word of God may not be reviled. And in verse 8, he states, so that an opponent may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. And in verse 10, he states, so that in everything they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior. Our godly behavior adorns the gospel and puts on display the beauty of Jesus to a watching world. Part of that watching world are those within our own homes. Your home is a mission field. You may have children or a husband who don't yet know the Lord. You may have other family members living with you who are outside of Christ. You have people you are showing hospitality to who are outside of Christ. And always we have our witness to those outside the four walls of our home. We should desire that as it says in Titus 2.10, that in everything we may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior. 
John MacArthur states on these verses in Titus directed towards women there. He said, God has a magnificent and wonderful design for women. It is a design which will fulfill their created purpose, maximize their uniqueness, make them a blessing to the world, and bring fulfillment to their own lives and glory to the name of God. And that design is briefly stated there in those verses. The instruction there is God's design for women, women in the church, so that the church can have a powerful witness and so that God can be glorified and his word honored. There are so many opportunities we miss when we neglect this area of domain the Lord has given us. It is a unique opportunity we've been given. And many times we look at it as a waste of our time and talents instead of a place to allow our gifts and talents to shine through. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Our desire as Christian women should be to glorify the Lord in all we do. Do we think of the role, um, of our role as keepers of our homes as a gift or a privilege or an offering we make to God? Do we do it gladly and do we do it for him? Are we mindful that we're learning God's way in this sphere that he's placed us in? Do we love our families with open arms and hearts really to love selflessly? Do we seek to bring about good to our husbands all the days of our lives? What about our speech in our homes? Is it cheerful, encouraging, gentle when we have to correct? Do we take the time to bring order and beauty into our homes? This looks different for all of us, and I am not meaning a Pinterest perfect home, but do you take the time to plan nutritious meals for your family and take care of necessity items like laundry and cleaning? Is the fruit of the Spirit evident as we go about our days? Does it make a difference as we deal with the mundane tasks? We are equipped by the Spirit at work in us, my friend. If you are in Christ, right? And we're called to show love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Are we mindful of our most important task as parents? It's not wrong to desire a child to succeed or to develop their gifts and talents, but our greatest responsibility is to teach them about Jesus. Deuteronomy 6 verses 4 through 9 come to mind here. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them on your You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eye. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Pointing our children to the Lord is part of our role as Christian parents. I can't change their heart, and I can't make them love God. But while I have them, I can model the love of Christ to them and tell them of the goodness and the free gift of salvation of this God I know and love and serve. Our hope is is to bring the love of Jesus into all areas of our family life. We can model to our children that all of life belongs to God, and we can worship and enjoy Him in every moment of our days. Do they enjoy being at home and know that they are so loved by us and by a good God who desires them to be in relationship with Him? So my dear ladies, we clean and we cook. We kiss boo-boos and we mop floors. We create a place of warmth and love for our families to find refuge from the storms of this life. We have the ability to create a haven, a little bit of heaven here on earth as we are being prepared in the midst of doing that for our eternal home in heaven one day. 
Our homes are a place where our families know they are loved and they can share whatever burdens or difficulties are going on in a place that is safe, knowing that we desire God's best for them. We are able to love encourage and support our husbands. We are able to open our home to others and extend hospitality to fellow believers and the stranger. You know all that takes place in our homes. And even if I tried, I couldn't touch on all the aspects that go into caring for our homes and families. But I want us to grab hold of the reminder that it's not about perfection. We are not going to achieve that here on earth. And we will make ourselves and others in our lives miserable if that's what we're trying to do. Don't fall into the trap of trying to earn God's favor through your own effort. Rest in his presence. Jesus is enough. I usually like to end with that statement, but I felt it was a very needed reminder here. Seek the Lord in prayer. Pray for eyes to see his hand at work in our lives. Pray for heart to see your sin and to turn from it, to repent, right? And to walk in obedience to God's ways. If your heart has been changed by the Lord to know and love and serve him, then you have the desire within you to share that love with others. You want to point them to Christ, to the only one, capital O there, who's worthy of our worship. The care of your home and family is going to look different in all the various seasons of your life. Don't get caught up comparing your life with somebody else's. You need to honor the Lord where he has placed you and love and care for the family that he has gifted you with in the way he has gifted and equipped you and in the season you are in. We do what we do, not just because we love our families. We do love them. And that is a huge reason. So always, I feel like I always have to say like, that's not what I'm saying. I love caring for my family. They are the people I love the most on this earth. But as a believer, as one who's been redeemed and giving a new heart in Christ, I do what I do for the glory of God. And our homes are a primary place where we serve our families and others by the grace of God and for his glory. They're that mission field and they're that place where we can make known the excellencies of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. We can lose focus of this important ministry the Lord has given us. And we do this because we lose focus first and foremost on who we are in Christ. Too many days and moments we can find ourselves discontent and lacking purpose. And in those moments, we need to be reminded of what already is true. We need a reminder, my friend, of our identity in Christ. This is our primary calling as believers. As we're reminded of our identity in Christ, it's there that we can live out to the glory of God, our secondary calling as wives and mothers and homemakers with hope and joy. We can tend to struggle to look for identity in what we do and what we accomplish. When we look anywhere else outside of who God says we are, our view of our identity, it's going to be distorted. Contentment will be lost and we are not going to find satisfaction in the role that he has placed us in. One of my favorite reads and one I love to recommend on our grasping the importance of our identity in Christ is by Jerry Bridges, and it's called Who Am I? Jerry Bridges tells us in Who Am I? that we must be preaching the gospel to ourselves every day because we are a forgetful people and we quickly can fall into a works mentality and forget God's goodness of bringing us to himself through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. See, the key point here to know and be reminded of is my identity is not in being a wife and mother or daughter or employee. I am not something because of those titles, but I am something because I am in Christ. You don't need to be more to matter 
because as a Christian, you already matter to the only one who matters. So my starting place and your starting place needs to be the gospel. Reminding ourselves of the gospel means allowing our thinking, emotions, and responses to be daily shaped by the truth of the gospel. It's a reminder I need daily, and I'm thinking you do too. So what is the gospel? Let me bring our hearts back to it. For those of us who are in Christ, just listen and take it in and be reminded of God's goodness in saving you. And then let me share it to those of us who are listening who maybe who have not yet repented and come into a personal relationship with Jesus. The gospel is the good news that the one and only God who's holy, he made us in his image to know him. But we sinned. We've thought and said and did things that are not pleasing to God. We have sinned and we've cut ourselves off from him. And in his great love, God became a man in Jesus, lived a perfect life, and died on the cross, fulfilling the law himself and taking on himself the punishment for the sins of all who would ever turn and trust in him. Jesus rose again from the dead, showing that God accepted Christ's sacrifice and that God's wrath against us has been exhausted. And now he calls us to repent of our sins and to trust in Christ alone for our forgiveness. If we repent of our sins and trust in Christ, we are born again into a new life, an eternal life with God. See, when we need a role, my friend, to define who we are as Christians, we have forgotten the gospel. Being a Christian is not defined in terms of who we are in and of ourselves, but it's defined in terms of what God has done for us and to us and the destiny he has appointed to us as believers. So if we have been redeemed, then it is God who has saved us and made us who we are so we can make him known. Our identity is in being his alone. I love that. Here's the reality. We know this. Caring for home and family is hard. There are days that we are not going to go about our work with the right attitude. This is why Jesus needs to be our rock, our trusted advisor, and our companion. He must be our sufficiency in everything. It's because of Jesus that when things get hard, and there will be hard days, that he's the one who's holding us fast. He's the one who gives us the strength to be faithful in the role he has placed us. He's not going to leave us or forsake us. He's going to equip us to do every good work that he has called us to. We just need to deal with today. We don't need to worry about tomorrow. Matthew 6, 33 to 34 are some of my favorite verses. Our lives are to be offered to the Lord as a living sacrifice, and we do this one day at a time and one moment at a time. So my dear ladies, humility and surrender, they are the way to true joy. We're never going to lose what we offer to Christ. Our sanctification in this life, becoming more like Christ, takes place moment by moment, task by task. If you are a Christian woman, then those verses in Titus 2 are referring to you and you are called to be a worker at home. This is one of the places, and I feel I can confidently say the main area, since it's probably where most of us spend our time, right? It's where the Lord is working to change you more into his likeness and he's using you to point others to him. Once we're in Christ, there's no separation of the secular and sacred. Remember that always. We don't tend to think of our daily tasks in our home as sacred, but in Christ, all of life is sacred. Our home should be sanctuaries, sacred places where our families can find rest and encouragement as they go out into the world. Love is modeled. Discipline is, is taught. Character is modeled. Their physical needs are taken care of. And the home 
is a resting place. We live most of our lives in the ordinary, right? It's in the dishes and laundry and caring for our families where we find ourselves. And these ordinary moments are where our primary ministry takes place. So my hope is that we're going to remember that God's higher purposes are being worked out in our seemingly ordinary days. Your role as a worker at home matters to God. You can find contentment and joy in caring for your home and family when you keep your eyes on Christ and his calling for your life. Our contentment and our homemaking begins with finding our satisfaction in Christ. Jesus truly is enough, always. I'm so thankful for your time today, my friend. And any um, links or things will be in the main show notes at my blog at thankfulhomemaker.com, my little home on the web. If you're enjoying the podcast and it's been a blessing to you, I do always so ask you if you get a moment to leave me a rating or a review wherever you listen. And I so appreciate it. And it does help others to find the podcast. And if you'd like a little bit more encouragement in your role as a homemaker, come join us in our small, intimate, private membership group. It's called the Homemaking Matters Community. You can Google that and find it pretty easy, but there's a link to it on my blog right in the top menu. We have um, monthly live teachings each month covering areas in our walk with the Lord and the care of our homes. We have Zoom chat times together. We have a book club, scripture memory, many other resources, and really just encouragements to help you in a role, in your role as a keeper of your home. It's a smaller, intimate group, which I love. I'm really thankful for that, where we can get to know and encourage one another. The cost is really minimal, and it supports me here at Thankful Homemaker. It helps to keep the lights on here, but it also helps to keep our group small. So I'll put the link with all the details in the show notes, or you can just head right over to just Google Homemaking Matters Community, and you will it'll pop up for you there. So I'm so, so thankful for you, my friend, and your time today. And I do pray you have a very blessed week. Mm-hmm.